0: Let's go
3: places. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand tires. Go to sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from tirerack.com. Tirerack.com. It's the way the tire buying the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, No, 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 that's for Dan Beyer. There you go. This show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every match, race, competition, it is always on. No one knows sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless, so make sure you plan your trip today. Visit LasVegas.com. I thought this was an interesting one, Okay. So <laughs> the Deshaun Watson thing, which you heard Dan talk about, and and look, what here's what happens with the Twitter sphere. Okay? I got done with the show yesterday. Literally got done. And I had a um yeah, this is a famous college coach, I won't tell you football or basketball, called me and he was said, Hey, our whole staff was dying about one of your tweets about name, image, and likeness, right? And we started talking about it. And we talked about all the different things. And 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 what he said was, he's like, look, keep fighting the good fight. Everybody knows, you know, that, that if you're in it for the right things, like these are, there's a lot of guys that aren't in it for the right things. And we're not helping kids. We're hurting kids by giving them money when they sign a letter of intent. like that That's his belief. He's like, I can't say it because, you know, Twitter, social media, they just, they don't understand how things really work in the real world. But you do. And it was an incredible compliment. It was a nice conversation. And I was getting a better feel for things. But but I, I asked, I said, why do you think things like this happen? Why do you think? And then we started talking about some other things in college sports. And he said, it's very simple. He said, you know, whether it's our school or schools or the NCA or conferences, what happens is no one wants this negative Twitter backlash that you're insensitive and you run the risk of being canceled or fired. That's what people run from. You know, it's like you ask yourself, uh, there is the, 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 the woman swimmer who she just had a sex change and there's a big, it's a topic and why so schools, why the NCAA, why others haven't come out against it? Cause they fear the backlash of saying what I'm going to say, which is like, look, it has to be an incredibly hard decision to get a sex change. Okay, so please don't take this as disrespectful of what must be going on inside a person who I believe if you're an adult and this is something you thought of. Okay we're going to we're going to say look in our society of course you can do this if this is the path that you choose to go down if you can afford the surgery you know if you can go through all the whole, the only thing you can't do is play high level athletics against biological girls like i don't think that seems uh, unreasonable or irrational right because you you're at a competitive advantage so I, the, the problem with why most people can't take what I believe to be reasonable stances. I, I've told you guys all along, I am not, I am a radical centrist. What does that mean? I have deep, deep rooted beliefs, but honestly, most of my beliefs aren't fringe beliefs. They're right there in the middle, which I think most people go like, yeah, that makes sense. But even those get shouted down. Because of social media, because we give the voice to not only the voiceless, but the people who probably don't deserve or need a voice at every single table. So when the owner of the Ravens comes out and's like, man, that's the guy you're going to give a, a no cut five year contract to. We call these NBA contracts because the NBA has four and five year guaranteed contracts. How are those working, by the way? <laughs> That's the best part about the stupidity of Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns. I said it's stupidity. I understand that it might work. There's a possibility it might work. And what will happen is I'll get old takes exposed and I'll get all these other, you said it would, I never said it wouldn't work. But the risk is so great that it shows that even if you think the reward of a Super Bowl, of being a consistent participant in the playoffs, is worth, frankly, your soul, and screwing up all of the contracts in the future for quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, look, quarterbacks already have the best contracts. They didn't need five years guaranteed. It's a joke what's been done in Cleveland. Remember, never forget this, okay? Deshaun Watson signed a brand new contract. He got paid three years up front. A year before it went live. He never played a down on the new contract. So what the hell is he doing a five-year guaranteed contract for? He's got all that money coming out of his pockets. Oh, you know what? Listen, Here, here's, here's the deal. When the truth comes out about all these civil suits, we'll all laugh about it. We are laughing about it. We're laughing about this response. Ah, uh, Deshaun Watson was asked if one of the massage therapists, who apparently was unlicensed, so she wasn't asked, she was just a person who gave massages. He was asked in a deposition. The deposition has now the video has now come out. Here's his answer when he was asked if he found her attractive. That's why I saw it on Instagram.
4: So you think you saw a story that involved her?
3: Definitely possible.
4: Definitely possible. Did you
3: find her attractive? That wasn't my intention, sir. I didn't ask you what your intentions were. I can't answer that. I have a girlfriend, so that wasn't my intention, sir. Okay,
4: so you can't you can't answer that because you have a
3: girlfriend. Because that's not what I was looking for. What did you want from her? Just a massage. Okay. So look, it it, it is possible. Definitely possible to take Deshaun Watson's words that he just wanted a massage. But the idea that he can't comment, I can't tell you if I find her attractive cuz I have a girlfriend. Now, I don't know about how how, you know, how you would react if somebody said, "Do you find that woman attractive?" <laughs> But that is not the question. The question isn't, do you have a girlfriend? The question wasn't, do you want to sleep with her? The question wasn't, did you sexually assault her? The question was simple. Did you find her attractive? I can't answer that because I have a girlfriend. Steve Bishotti went on and he said, I'm trying to answer that when I had a reaction to it, I was like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I I don't know that he... I don't know that he shouldn't have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. To me, something that is groundbreaking, it'll make negotiations harder with others. He's right, but here's what happens. Okay, social media goes out and they got the pitchforks out for Steve Busciotti. Why? Why is that? Like, if you think that the NBA model is the smart model, I give you a John Wall who makes more money than anybody in the NBA. Hey, um, Iowa Sam, can you do me a favor? Can you Google, how many points is John Wall averaging this year? Bayer, do you have that at your fingertips? How many points is John Wall averaging? Zero. Yeah, yeah. Zero. The the contract is so bad that the Houston Rockets would, would rather, hey, we'd rather you not play than play. We're going to pay you either way. We're emulating that with a guy who's got two torn ACLs, so there's injury concerns. With a guy who has the 22 uh, civil suits. Whatever the level of validity, you see that video and you're like, yee, yikes, yikes. Oh, yeah, and... His last contract that he signed, he wanted to be traded before he ever played it down on it, and even after he collected three years in advance of it. So you're Steve Bashotti and you're gonna go to Lamar Jackson, who's never had a hint of trouble at the football field. Not a not a not a call, not a report, not a whisper, nothing. Zero. The worst thing Lamar Jackson has done off the field is didn't hire an agent. That's it. That's all we got. He's been a league MVP. Um, and while he hasn't beaten the Chiefs he has won a road playoff game come from behind um, and while he's been hurt he has zero torn ACLs and the future appears to be uh, very very bright for Lamar Jackson so Steve Bashai is sitting there going like okay so you guys gave him 250 guaranteed for five years and I have a guy with a completely clean off-the-field uh, record, who's uh, a better athlete? Who is the face of our franchise? Any human being, any uh, like for for Lamar Jackson, the start of any contract negotiation for him in how he thinks is all right. It's going to be two hundred fifty-four million dollars, right? Guaranteed. And I'm sure Bishotti's sitting there going like, you know, he wasn't that great last year. He got hurt. He still hasn't been had a major injury. But the more you run, the more attrition. Gosh, I don't know. We built, built this team around him, and we couldn't win playoff games when we had the best defense in the league. Now, with a new contract, we won't be able to have all of this personnel. What do we do? What lies has he told? But the Twitter sphere, social media, they would lead you to believe that he's the big bad wolf and everybody else is just a, just a sheep. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. A lot of things to get to. I love all these guys declaring for the draft when they were on a bad team. Let me give you a basketball expression for you. Every bad team has a leading scorer. What's that mean? That means that just because you're scoring a lot of points doesn't mean that you're fooling people in terms of are you a player that's actually going to help somebody else win? That's a big question. And that's how I want to get into the the discussion with Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah, of course, covers the NFL draft, has for years for the NFL Network. He's their lead draft Analyst. He also has the Move the Sticks podcast. He and Bucky Brooks. It's oh, it's it's just the most delightful football sandwich you can download. Plus, he's the color analyst for the Chargers radio network. Let's start with the Deshaun Watson contract. Um, I gotta tell you, I agree with Steve Bisciotti. I, I said this is the most this is the riskiest contract ever. But more than anything, like, but five years guaranteed. Even forget even if you could forget, and you can't, the twenty-two civil cases. He's had two ACLs, right? He's had two ACLs, and here's the guy. It's not like he's bereft of money. He got three years paid up front for a contract he never even played under in Houston. W- what is Cleveland doing here?
0: Well, I think first of all, Doug, you start with the fact. You know, that's a good lesson in life, right? You might as well ask for it. They they might. They oh might yeah, no
3: question, yeah.
0: So, so that's the first takeaway there. Um, and then, you know, from the Browns' standpoint, I think, you know, I, I I thought going into the end of the process that it looked like it was going to be, you know, obviously everyone was thinking Atlanta to go go home or New Orleans because they have the best roster. Um, those were kind of the top two teams. It felt to me like they just made the decision. We're going to go, you know so rich and so above and beyond that uh that we're going to win this you know so that that was kind of my takeaway but yeah that's with that with that many years it's the guaranteed dollars it's a it's a huge risk but i think you know for for an organization that's never never in their history i guess you go back to otto graham have they had a, a quarterback with this much ability so you know all the off the field stuff all the risk i understand all that but i'm just Trying to, to, to no, and, and they're I probably they and they're did. probably thinking the time
3: is the probably thinking the time is now. Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, Ravens, uh, it, that one could go either way. Great organization, ton of injuries last year, but I, I don't know where, where they go. And Cincinnati's great, but let's see if they can sustain it. Right, they they seem to be mm-hmm. doing all the right things at getting them an offensive line. But let's let's see if they sustain it. And they probably think like, look, now is the time to go for it. There's never going to be opportunity to get a refined top five, top 10 quarterback at this point in his career, like there is now, but man, they sure they sure went to the mattresses for it. Um, okay, yeah. so what does it do to Lamar? Obviously, Lamar Jackson would be like, all right, the number starts at, you know, one year more, right? At mm-hmm. 254 for five years. But do the Ravens acquiesce to that? I- You
0: know, I don't think that they – I don't think they will do that. You know, that's just just my opinion. Um, You know, this is going to be a contract that everybody's going to try and and trade off of. If you're an agent, you're going to try and work off this contract and work off this number, and you're going to have – every team is going to say, no, this is an aberration. This is uh, an exception. We're not going to even acknowledge it, which is going to lead to – it's going to lead to some interesting negotiations because I – you know, it's one thing everybody said, okay, this is going to open up the floodgates. Well, it's not going to open up the floodgates until the next team agrees to it. Um, and I think that there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some thought there that, hey, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make this a new precedent. So that it's going to be fascinating because I'm sure, like you said, that's what Lamar is going to ask for. Um, I, I just don't necessarily see the Ravens doing that.
3: Yeah, uh, which will be interesting. Um, okay, what happens – With Baker, they try and – it feels like they're going to have to do a Sam Bradford, right? Hold on to him and put him in bubble wrap and then hope somebody – if somebody gets hurt and is desperate, they need somebody?
0: That's kind of where they are. Or you can kind of get through the draft, you know, and and see on the other side of the draft maybe some teams thought they were going to be able to get somebody there and and they didn't like who they got, and that that changes things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of heading towards that uncomfortable – uh, moment where he's he's on the team but not on the team. You know we've seen that a, a few times over the last few years. That that seems like we're headed towards a similar situation.
3: Garoppolo, same thing, or does he actually play for the Niners?
0: Well, you know I don't I don't know there's any market for him right now outside. And I get what Kyle Shanahan was saying the other day, which was you know he has value to us. It's not like he has he's a negative value player that we just would dump. Uh, we're not going to give him away. So. I would say the most likely scenario at this point in time is that, that you know, he's back and rehabbing and, and competing for his old job. I mean, I, I just don't know who else is going to get in on that.
3: I don't, I don't either. I mean, Houston, I think they like their kind of cheaper option. I don't feel like Seattle's doing business there. Um, I don't know. Does Detroit like either one of them more than they like Jared Goff? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. That I, I, that 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 part. What about Carolina? Does Carolina give Sam Darnold another shot?
0: Yeah, and Carolina, I could see Carolina doing it if they could get them to eat some of the money. You know, there's no way with Sam on his fifth year option and Baker making what he's making. I just can't see them swallowing both those numbers. Uh, but I have been thinking they're going to bring in somebody else at the quarterback position. They just haven't done it. So um, that one I could see. I wouldn't totally close the book on that one, but. Uh, at this point in time, as we sit here at March 30th, I think the uh, I think the Panthers are the team that I would label the most likely to take a quarterback in round one right now. What
3: what what do you think the Packers' plan is for a wide receiver?
0: Well, I, I mean, they would have to go against their their type, right? To to use these first round picks on receivers, historically they've just never done that, and they've had success of finding guys, including the one they just traded. Uh, so. That would you know, history would tell you they won't do that. I, I gotta believe one of these two picks is going to be a, a wide out. I, I would be very surprised if they didn't use, you know, one of those late ones to bring in somebody that could play right away. So that that would be my uh, my guess. They've been such a you know, kind of a, a solo driven passing attack where so much of the you know, the targets they all went to to one guy. I think they're gonna have to play differently and I think that it's gonna be kind of a collection of guys to absorb all those targets. And I, I would think that they draft multiples, whether or not that's, you know, their first two picks or not, I would be shocked if they didn't use a couple early picks in this draft on wideouts. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, what do you think the plan is? The plan is for the Kansas City Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill. Like, do you just go with what you got now? And Marcus Valdez-Scantling is, is that, is that enough at wide receiver considering the game breaker that they lost?
0: Yeah, I, you know Andy Reid has, has made a career of being a little bit ahead of the curve. So I mean, this one didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, with the decision to move on from Tyree Kill, if you'd have told me, you know, Orlando Brown, their left tackle, who they franchise tagged, uh, that that franchise number, I think, ate up a lot of the, the budget. So if you'd have told me you have the option of just let Orlando Brown walk, I know it's a left tackle. Um, but you take your chances with the tackle. You draft at the end of the first round and keep Tyreek Hill, uh, or do you, you let you uh, you know you let Tyreek walk and try and find a replacement for him? I, I just think he's a one-of-one. One. I don't think you can find another Tyreek Hill. So my question then is, or my expectation, I should say, is that Andy's got some creative alternative to what they've had. I don't think he goes out and just tries to draft the fastest guy, and he's going to plug him into that exact same role. Um, you know, They went out and got Marquez Valdez, Scantling, to, to plug him in, but it's – You know, if Andy Reid went out and drafted a couple tight ends and decided he wanted to play with two and three tight ends and just kind of switch it up, it wouldn't shock me at all.
3: Um, Okay, so what does that do to them in this division? Because as you and I have talked on air and off air, like the whole thing with playing the Chiefs is they got two weapons, and you add in Mahomes and that's three, but you got two guys that you feel like eventually they're going to make a play. And you have to – I mean – I don't care what they do. You take away, doesn't that completely change how we look at the Chiefs?
0: It does. It does for me, and that's why I think it's. It, it's. They're going to have to morph and do something different. But you know, you had two two ways to go against the Chiefs. You could choose sudden death, which was Tyree Kill, or you could you know bleed out with uh, with Kelsey. Um, that's how they they got you. And everybody started their game plan, and you saw it last year with all the two eye safety stuff that they saw. They they had their choice in that, and they said, I'd rather die slowly. Um, and and, uh, and try and take away Tyree Kill, and now you don't necessarily have to do that, which is going to send a lot more attention Kelsey's way. It's going to be, it's going to have to look different, you know. But they also got late in the season when they needed to, you know, produce points against that look that they that they were seeing, and they they couldn't finish drives because they weren't able to have those three and four play drives. They were having to grind it out, and so that's why I wouldn't be surprised if you saw them, you know, maybe add another tight end, maybe add a bigger receiver. You know, Mahomes is going to make plays no matter who's out there, but I think it could look a little bit different. I just don't see it being the same look that we've seen over the last few years with Tyree D- Hill.
3: D- Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox 4 Trader. That's the voice of, of Daniel Jeremiah. All right, so this is not a great quarterback draft, hey. Okay? but as we've seen in the NFL, there's a couple other positions which maybe not the same in terms of importance, but close. Okay? Uh, the ability to rush the passer – is paramount if you want to be successful. Who are the? If you who is is there a Joey Bosa? Is there a Nick Bosa? Is there a? Is there a Chase Young in this draft?
0: I don't think that there is, but I think there's a bunch of really good players. Um, and to me, that kind of starts with Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I, he's to me the best player in the draft. He's not is quite as is dynamic, I would say, as some of those guys you just mentioned. But I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good player. Meaning, you know, put numbers on it, I think he's got a chance to be that, you know, 11, 12, 12 12-and-a-half sack guy consistently. Um, Is he going to post 18, 19? I don't think so. Um, But I think he's really good. And then, you know, right behind him, you've got Trayvon Walker, who maybe has more upside there. Um, But you're betting a little bit on the come there, and you're betting on, uh, you know, him continuing to develop.
3: There was a story out of New England that Tom Brady wanted to get to Miami. Is there any validity to that?
0: You know, I haven't I haven't heard that any any uh anywhere in terms of talking to folks around the league other than that little thing that showed up on social media. I'm sure we probably saw the same thing that you're referencing here. But I, you know, you talk to people all the time and it never once came up in a conversation from anybody that I talked to in the league that, that was uh, that, that was in the works
3: just a question do you think that Tua surrounding Tua with all this speed does that work does that alleviate some of the shortcomings that they've seen in Tua over two years
0: i think it's going to really help i i do and i think it's you know i think some people looked at it and said okay well big deal you got all these guys that can really stretch the field and he's not really a default thrower but i, I would come against that and say, well, no, you're going to be able to use those shallow crosses, those slants, those RPOs, and let those guys travel with the football instead of the football traveling to them. Um, I think that is going to help him. And, and, you know, people can say whatever they want. And we've talked about Sewell for a couple of years together here, Doug, about the lack of kind of those wild plays and the big-time upper echelon throws but when you can throw a shallow cross or a slant or a bubble to these guys and they can do the rest, you know, that's that's where he's at his best. So um, I actually think it's pretty smart how they tried to build this up around him with his skill set.
3: Does Matt Ryan have enough left in the tank to take the Colts to a higher level?
0: You know, I, I'm curious to see. I, I'm not quite as bullish on Matt Ryan as I think some others in the media are. Um, I think there has been slippage in his play and he's, you know, he's not going to be able to get away from anything, whatever Carson Wentz and his shortcomings were, which we, they're well-documented at least there was some chances that he could get away if you got beat uh, up front and Matt Ryan's going to be sitting duck back there. So, you know, I, I'm curious how that, how it all comes together. I like the the Colts team. I think the roster's a little bit overrated, um, and I think the expectation that they just drop Matt Ryan in there and he plays like an MVP and they're in the, you know, they're winning the division and the playoffs, I, I don't know that I'm on that same page.
3: All right, let's get excited. Uh, the Chargers had Khalil Mack. Uh, what is Khalil Mack like when he's opposite Joey Bosa?
0: He just needs to stay healthy, you know. And when he's been healthy, he's been a dominant force, and he's going to have an opportunity to get a lot of one-on-ones. And he's going to also be playing with a team for the first time in a while with an explosive offense that's going to let him play with the lead, uh, which is, you know, any pass rusher, you know, that's their their dream is to be on a team with an explosive offense and get to rush. So um, it's all it's all set up for him. And, again, it's just going to come down to, you know, crossing your fingers and toes and, and keep him out there for a full 17 weeks.
3: All right, same question with the Raiders. Um, they were the surprising playoff team. They made some key acquisitions, most notably Devonte Adams, but others as well. What do you think? Of what the Raiders look like as of now? Before we get to the draft,
0: yeah, I think they look really good, man. I think they're really improved. Um, I, I think that that offense with Josh McDaniels actually fits Derek Carr uh, really well. You know, Hunter Renfro is going to catch a zillion balls, and you bring in Devonte Adams and Waller. That's a that's an impressive group, and you can be physical in the run game. Uh, as well with Josh Jacobs. So I love that. And then on the other side with Chandler Jones, you know, coming in and, and Max Crosby. It's a good team, man. I, I think you've kind of put them in another division, and you'd be talking about all types of buzz for them. Um, it, it's almost like they're off season as good as it was. And even with the sexy splash of, of Devontae Adams, it almost gets kind of lost a little bit in, in all the movement we've
3: had. It does. It really, really does. DJ, you're the best, man. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for being our guest. Thanks, buddy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're playing Eric Church because Eric Church canceled his show on Saturday to go to the Carolina Duke game. Mark Young tweets the show. Problem with Church skipping out on short notice is there are thousands of people impacted. Many from out of town, teenagers have been looking forward to this for months, only to be let down. Who spent hard-earned money to make it happen for a loved one. I, I get it. Like I, I, I get it. You know, I have a daughter. Uh, my daughter's turned 16 in a couple weeks, and um, my friends in Oklahoma City got us got got me tickets. She's a bass guitarist, and and again, I I don't know how much of I, I didn't. I'm not gonna sit here and I tell you I knew. Uh, before she told me, but I do know the band. Do you guys know the band Primus? Oh yeah. Okay, so Primus. Les Claypool. Is, yeah, Les Claypool is considered, if not the best, one of the best, w- one of the best um, bass guitarists on the planet. And so she's like, I want to go. I I love Les Claypool. So, I got her tickets. Right. So for me to go get like for me to get that thing done, I got to get airline tickets. I got to get a hotel room right now. I I did get I I I do have the benefit of free tickets or whatever. Um, But the point is that, yeah, if I set up travel all the way to Oklahoma from California for my daughter's 16th birthday, I'd be pissed. But I understand stuff gets canceled. I'm a last second guy. So I'm not a like you want to ask me what I'm doing next week. I got no idea. I I barely know what I'm doing today. But there are people that are going to be hot. Hot over that. Um, Here's a question. Sam, is Eric Church cool?
1: Uh, For doing that or in general? Nah, in general. Uh, I don't really know much about him. Um, Well, you're super cool if you don't know much about him. (laughs) I don't know much about Eric Church, so I guess my opinion is uh, not really relevant. He's
3: like, he's a cool, country, bluesy sort of, Act right, you know. He wears the aviator glasses, the leather jacket. He's still a country musician with a great voice.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I I like that song. We played the song uh, "Desperate Man" coming back, and I I like
3: the uh, the flow of that. Yeah, no, he's he's gotten more, a little bit more adventurous with with his song selections here over his last couple albums. By the way, it's the middle of the week, the middle of the show. In other words, it's the
5: midway. It's time for. The, the
3: midway okay so the midway the basic idea of this is um, usually on Wednesdays pickings are a little bit slim in terms of guests or topics like in terms of timeliness of topics right this show is great because we get the, the night before the day of the games that night we got to get it all it's good confluence but Wednesdays can be a little slim so we want to come up with something interesting for the middle of the week, the middle of the show, the middle of the day. How'd I do, Jason Stewart? Did I sell it well enough?
4: Yeah. I, I like your interpretation of what the Midway is. Um, okay. Yeah, so
3: that's great. So um, you'll see all week anniversaries of Final Four moments, right? And today is the anniversary of the Final Four that uh, Indiana won. Bob Knight coach, Steve Alford the star, Keith Smart hit the game winning shot that at the Superdome where this year's Final Four is right so um, what is your favorite all time Final Four or championship game moment that's the Midway's topic at Gottlieb shows the Twitter handle at Gottlieb shows the IG handle Doug Gottlieb Show on uh, Facebook, Doug Gottlieb Show page. Let's start with you, Dan Beyer. Favorite Final Four moment.
5: Well, as a fan, uh, when Ohio State made it in 1999, it was a big deal, but then Scooty Penn's jersey got like stolen before the game. That was a bad omen. They ended up losing to UConn. Uh, Ohio State blew a lead to Kansas in the 2012 Final Four game that they led for most of it and then ended up having it slip away. So I'm going to my favorite moment uh, was the 2007 Final Four when Ohio State actually beat Georgetown in the national semifinal. uh, Lucky enough to be in Atlanta at that time. And there was just even telling the guys during the break on, that was the Final Four that Greg Oden was going to be the number one pick. In that title game, I know they lost to Florida, just a better team. But to see what Oden did in those games, and specifically in the title game, even though they lost, uh, that was magnificent. So the... Two thousand seven Final Four as a as a fan. And then just as an overall moment, Doug, the Chalmers free throws, uh the Chalmers three and Leitner's free throws in ninety one to beat UNLV are the ones that stand out. Just as a general basketball fan.
3: So what was the pick?
5: So it was Ohio State for personally, Ohio State's yeah. win over Georgetown in the final four. Yeah. And yeah, Odin's was performance great. was
3: was I Well mean, they both they both got in foul trouble early, right? The two centers greg odin and um roy hibbert uh, roy hibbert right and but they both played in the second half and odin was spectacular if you would have walked away from that game going what player on the court is going to make the most money professionally sure. <laughs> how you, many people would have picked mike conley yeah true no i'm, I'm asking the, the question like percentage of people that picked mike conley yeah uh,
4: zero and by a lot, like tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of.
5: Odin was better than anybody on that Florida team in that game that they lost to. Yeah, better than Corey out Brewer, out better two. than full, yeah. you know, Horford and and Noah. But yeah, so those okay. were what stood out for me with the Final
3: Four. All right, what do you got there, um, uh, Iowa Sam? Your favorite Final Four moment?
1: Uh, so you know,
3: like I said before. Iowa
1: hasn't been to a Final Four for decades, so it's not so much following them as in other teams and just moments to stand out. This is going to sound really lame, but I'm going to say the same Final Four in 2007 because it was <laughs> Georgetown, UCLA, Ohio State, and Florida. And, like, Georgetown hasn't done anything really since. And they hadn't done much before that either. And I just remember I was in college playing poker with my boys, and it's just one of those memories you think back and you're like, I don't have any responsibilities. I'm here playing poker and the final fours going on and life is good, man. Life is good. So for me, I don't know why. And that was what Russell Westbrook was on that team. Right, Doug? That final four yes. team. Uh, yes. He went on to the, the national championship game and, and I believe lost to Florida. Yes. Um, they lost Florida well, two straight years. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. No, no Ohio, they lost in
5: the national semifinals in 06. Oh, okay, okay. They lost in the title game in 06 with Jordan. They lost to Florida yeah, back-to-back years, yeah. but they lost
3: to Florida semifinals and the finals. Russ was on that team, I believe. I think so. I, yeah. He was definitely on the second team. I think he was on the first team, too. He didn't play that much.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, just kind of an interesting Final Four, but college days and, uh, yeah, good memory for me.
3: Okay. What about you there, Chase 2?
1: So um, I think Dan had mentioned
4: this at the end of his, and it, it's mine and uh, for a very personal reason. So uh, you talk about college days. I, uh, from my first couple of years of college, I watched UNLV uh, tear Love up it. the Big West, just tear up the Big West. Uh, I was lucky enough to see my, my Cal State Fort and Titans that upset them once. Um, on a half-court shot by Wayne Williams. Shout-out to Wayne
3: Williams. Shout-out, anyway. Wayne Williams! <laughs> the Midway. Um, yeah, I, Joe Small was their best player a couple of those years. Oh, yeah. Joe Small busted my nose when I was a freshman in high school because I was lighting him up in a park. So dirty. Shout-out, Joe Small! Joe Small, great yeah. shooter. Um, so... As UNLVs go
4: into the uh, the ninety one final four, they were what the uh, the favorite by far. Yes. Uh, people, uh, I think people forget that when Duke upset. That running Rebels. I think they had to also win a, the championship game, right? So They had to beat Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. So, like, everyone kind of thinks that Duke, like, beat the undefeated team and then just won it all, but they had to win another game. I just remember watching that game and just being uh, in disbelief because I didn't think any team, and I was one of those idiots who thought that the Rebels could beat a couple NBA teams. I was one of those guys. Uh, but that, I, I just remember that distinctly. Again, same as Sam. I was in college and, um, people forget just how dominant those unlv teams were uh
3: okay i mean go ahead go ahead i was uh, just gonna fire. say the
5: other thing with that was unlv beat them by 30 the year before in the title game
3: 30 ran them out the building in mcdickles
5: yes and again when we've talked so much about coach k over these last couple of months duke was the team that couldn't win the big game right. so why would you think they would beat this unbeaten unlv team just didn't make any sense
3: now, I, I actually attended UNLV's last practice in Vegas at the men's gym. I think it was the North Gym before they left. Because there used to be a huge tournament out there around Easter time or in the spring every year. We watched the game on the floor of Thomas and Mac where they had set up a big screen for everybody to watch. It's like coronation. It wasn't a game. And then they got beat. Um... My favorite Final Four moment. God, I've been to so many of these. I mean, I don't know. Broadcasting one was pretty spectacular being right there. The next year I was on the court. I predicted Connecticut would beat Kentucky and why they beat them and nailed it. But I would say my favorite one was the first one I can remember attending, which was the 89 game. It was 89. 89 was Michigan won it, correct? Yep. yep yeah Michigan won it and uh they it was on a controversial call by TV Teddy Teddy Valentine Romeo Robinson did but what's amazing? Some may I, call it awful but it's it was an awful yeah. there was a bunch of bad calls in that game including Greg Anthony's fourth foul and his fifth foul but um uh no Greg Anthony was the next year sorry I meant uh there was just bad that was just a bad call bad officiating. but Midway. Bill, Bill Walton. I was, I'm really close with Adam, his oldest son. And Adam and I, we went to the Final Four together. And Bill's like, don't worry, I got it. And the next thing you know, we had like cameraman passes around our neck. And we had the complete run of the old uh, kingdom. And we went to the game. It was more of the off, the, oh, off cool. the court stuff. The other part is, um, and I still get together with some of my friends who go to the Final Four. We used to wait. And then on Monday night after the games... We'd shimmy up light posts and steal some of the banners that were going into the trash. You know, the ones that say Kansas. it have all four, four Final Four teams. So somewhere in Orange County, probably my buddy Clay's uh, closet, are Final Four banners from years and years and years ago. Those are collector's items. Yes. I mean, look, the greatest moment in Final Four history is Chris Jenkins hitting the game-winning shot. Buzzer goes off can falls as the buzzer sounds it's the greatest shot in the history of college basketball no one can convince me otherwise doesn't take away from keith smart the buzzer did not sound it wasn't a setup play it wasn't after a timeout it's kind of a scramble loose ball that thing was amazing and that's the midway the midway who does number two work for what movie i was sam Please yeah, no. baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. That's uh, Austin Powers 1. By the way, Austin Powers 2, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Might be better than the first. I think, definitely think it's better than the first. The first is really good if you know James Bond films. There's a lot of spoof on James Bond stuff, which is really, really good. But it, it kind of goes over your head when you're first watching the movie. Whereas uh, Austin Powers 2 is just damn funny. It's a and man, it, baby. It's a man, baby. Yeah, Fat Bastard, you got Mini-Me, rest in peace to Vern Troyer. Um, yeah, you got a lot of different stuff. Rob Lowe, obviously, I think that, that's the first one that he appears in. It's really good. And, of course, Heather Graham. And, of course, Heather the Graham. The beautiful and aging well Heather Graham. How old is Heather Graham? Let's take a look. What do you think,
1: Jay
4: Stu? I'm guessing around my age, uh, maybe late 40s, early 50s.
3: Think she's fifty? She's fifty-two. Uh, yeah. I was going to say fifty-two.
5: She was in uh, Growing Pains, actually.
3: She was in Growing Pains.
5: Yeah, just a small role, maybe just not even character, but is one of like yeah,
3: Mike Seaver's. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now I was saying, do you have a girlfriend? Because you can't comment. <laughs> Apparently, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't. You can't. You can't okay, I you am can't.
1: single. I am single. man. But she was at a she was at a game. I think a basketball game. And the camera went to her, and I think they identified her as like Lindsay Lohan or something. Some, they misidentified her, and I, I just thought that was funny. And she, I just I'm like, wow, I haven't seen Heather Graham in a, a hot minute here, and she looks really good. She's really aging well.
3: So what do you think? Does that work with a woman? Do you go up and go, you're really aging well?
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, It depends. I think it can be definitely uh, taken as a compliment.
3: It's definitely a compliment. Yeah. Uh, This is insanity, tweets me. Do you find her attractive? Deshaun Watson. I'm not a biologist. (laughs) Uh, What has Heather Graham been doing? I don't know. She was in Boogie Nights. She was in The Hangover. That was a while ago.
1: That, was, that movie came out like oh, 15 right. years ago. She was Hangover. I remember was her, she, didn't hang, she didn't make
4: it to Hangover, too? I remember her, she had a show. I think they got canceled after a season on ABC or something. But I, she'll always be roller girl to me. She'll always be roller girl to Everything. You? That
3: that was everything for me. Heather Graham, soon to be on the senior tour. Heather Graham's still getting it done at, at 52 years old for the fellas. Um Buyer can't comment on that because he has a wife, right? You're not allowed to, like, that's <laughs> the shot Watson My, my wife really before.
5: likes Boogie Nights. I've never seen it, but so,
4: she's
3: your, a fan. Your wife has good taste, I've noticed.
4: I can't say the same about her husband, uh, but oh. y- your wife has great taste. Appreciate man. that. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs>
3: you got it. That, that's 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 disappointing that the crew can't seem to get along. Uh, a, a a front-handed, it's, yeah. it's not a back-handed compliment. It's a front-handed smack, is what that was we a, did months ago. You know that was a different story. Yeah, yeah. It was a happy uh, family. It was a happy family. The 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 L. A. Lakers are not a happy family. Russell Westbrook was was asked. What needs to change for the Lakers? Lakers gave up 82 in the first half last night. Keep in mind, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. They're both supposed to return this weekend. So even though they're out of the playoffs as of now, the, I, the, I mean, theoretically, they should be good once those two get back. Here's Russell Westbrook on Asked. What needs to change?
2: Russell, I that
3: now you guys are actually the 11th seed. So you're out of the playing game. What
2: changes going forward? Nothing, man. Nothing. Why is that? Because it doesn't. What does it change? We still got games to play. Other teams still got games to play. We still got to play teams that's above us in the plan. Don't really change much. Thank you, Russ. What do you think should change? Winning. Be something. Okay, that's obvious. And what do you think should change? Winning, winning
4: games, playing mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Ask you ask a question, you an answer. That's fine. You got to answer the winning. Hi. Right. Do you, you know, have to answer the winning? I'm not out there playing. I, mean, I think I'm. You give me the
2: answer but <laughs> exactly so well I don't have the answer you know I, exactly if exactly. you don't have it you I so can't have to ask anything. me you, you ask me to have an answer you don't have it either well we but I to. don't play Russell
4: if you I want to get the information from you so that I'm one to you person Jim. right it's a team game right. so I don't, I don't have an answer. Okay. I, may have it. I don't have it. So but I'm asking the pros who know the game play the game yeah, yeah. what you guys what you think you can do to make it
2: your part yeah. their part everybody's part. Sure. that's what I'm asking. Not really yeah, that okay respect that okay all that it's
3: good. We you look i i understand that what russell's trying to say with hey we're just what do you expect we have we have two great players and they're not playing we're built around this three-headed monster, and two of the guys, the two better ones, aren't playing. Now, whether or not Russell would actually say they're better than him or not, it, it really doesn't doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is that you walk into Dallas, and they got Luka, and they're playing at home, and you don't have LeBron. You don't have Anthony Davis. Now, the, the, the counter to it is, obviously, those guys, their shot-making is needed. But defensively, eighty two points is a joke. Like there is no effort there. That there is there's is white flag give up there. And but Russell does this instead of answering what's a fairly innocuous, simple question. He turns it on to Brad Turner, who's covered the team for years, and Brad's like, That's not really my role here. My role is to ask you questions. You to provide answers. Doesn't have to be antagonism. And not that Russell was crazy antagonistic, but he does the, I'm going to smile and pretend like everything's cool when really I'm bothered by it. Uh, I don't know. What do you make of the interaction, Jace, too, when you when you saw it? It's just
4: awkward, as as is a lot of uh, Russell's exchanges with reporters. It it, I, it goes from like zero to 100, and, and then it gets strange, and they're hugging it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I think Russell thinks he's, he's, uh, he's trying to be smart, or he's trying to outwit the reporter in this situation, and it's, it's just ridiculous.
3: I mean, look, at some point, if you want to turn around on reporters, and it's not their job to form opinions on things, but if you want to turn around on reporters, you got to be willing to hear, okay, so what, what would you change? Well, I would play you less. <laughs> Is that the answer you want? And look, part of it is, like I, this is part of the deal that goes with being a star in the NBA, is you're going to have to answer questions comfortable or uncomfortable, win or lose. You know? Th- this was my point with Naomi Osaka, who was at, has been asked questions far less uncomfortable than Russell Westbrook. But she takes them as negative. Like, I I understand there are times you lose a game, the last thing you want to do is talk to the media. But the media constantly promotes your sport. They bring attention to your sport. They bring attention to you personally. That helps fill up your pockets with with money. The the, the two sides do work together on this. And the second you start to say, hey, I need the media as much as they need me, is the second that you start to form kind of reasonable answers and have a real relationship with them. Check out the latest lines from world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wait to hear what Colin Coward had to say about Jim Ursay and the Colts. That's next.